Good morning, Fellowship family. Even though we all wish we were gathered together in one location for worship this morning, just think for a moment what it's like as we are scattered across the community, as we are gathered in our homes and seeing how our homes have become that place of worship where we have come together to pray and to sing songs of praise and to also open up God's Word together. And so maybe this is one of the silver linings as we walk through these days of crisis. In addition, we can think about how this similar format is happening all across our country as churches have moved to an online format and really not just in our country, but all over the world. And what we have seen is never before in history have uh, have. Uh, messages, have the, has the teaching of God's Word, have worship services been posted online like they are right now. And so I believe that God is using this as a way to bring comfort and peace and truth to a world that is searching in these days. So again, welcome. I'm so glad that you've come to, to be a part of this worship uh, time. We're going to be back in Hebrews chapter 11. And continue our series on heroes of the faith. As we begin, I want to draw your attention to a picture. I've got a, 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 a portrait, a painting here of a, of a tree. And I want you to take a look at it. Because here on this painting, you see the example of something that is in the foreground. And that foreground obviously is this, is this tree. And you can see it. It's right up in the center of the picture. It's up close and you can see the details. But also in a painting, we have a, a background. There's something that's further out that, that, uh, that is not as clear. It's not as easy to see. In fact, you could even argue that there are aspects of this painting that, that really aren't seen at all because of the way that it's put together. And I want to use that this morning to begin as a way for us to view the situation that we're in right now. Right now, we can think about the foreground of, of, of our picture, of our life, and we can see that right in front of us is, is, a, is a virus, the COVID-19. And in our foreground, we, we see uh, crisis, we see uncertainty, we see all kinds of, of issues that, uh, that, uh, that accompany this pandemic. We see issues within the economy, issues within the schools, issues within the workplace. And so all of these things uh, are really the focus right now. But we also know that there's more to the, the painting. There is that background. So, so what is it for us, these unseen realities that are behind us, that are beyond us, that are a part of the, the experience that we are in right now? You see, the foreground and the background are two parts of the very same painting. And they are interconnected. They relate to each other. And so for us, we know that the seen and the unseen are also present. That what we are walking through right now does contain some, some hardship and some heartache. But there is also another reality that as people of faith, we need to be looking at through the eyes of faith to see the, the background of, of what is happening around us. So think about those questions this morning. What is our foreground? As I said, it is a pandemic that is, that is around us. And we, we know that these are, are very real concerns and they are impacting our daily lives like we have never seen before. But what is our background? What are those spiritual realities? What are those promises from God's Word that are also present and that surround us, that, that undergird us in this time of need? You see, the Lord, He's able to see both the foreground and the background. He's not dismissing the foreground. He understands that the cares of, of this world are real. 
He sees the needs, but he's also wanting us to see the whole picture. God wants us to see our needs in light of his character, his nature, his promises, and even his provision. These background spiritual realities, they are critical right now for you and for me. That we understand the foreground and the background of where we are living. How is this understood? How do we understand these realities? How do we see them? By faith. We've said over the last few weeks in our series that faith can be defined like this. Faith is believing that something is true and then committing our lives to it. We've seen in this series that, that biblical faith has two components. It has the, the, uh, the understanding of believing, of trusting in God, but it also has the commitment component, the idea that, that faith and belief uh, leads to action, that faith is a belief that leads to action. Over the last few weeks, we have seen how faith and obedience have been demonstrated in some Old Testament heroes of the faith. And these have been preserved for us in Hebrews chapter 11, what is oftentimes referred to as the great hall of faith. And so I invite your attention back to Hebrews chapter 11. So far, we've looked at at a number of these Old Testament uh, characters. We've looked at Abel and Enoch. We've looked at at, uh, Noah and Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Last week, we we took a look at at, uh, at Joseph as well. And, And so each week, we're seeing an example of what this life of faith looks like, a vibrant, living act of faith. Last week, Pastor Brad uh, spoke on a a faith that is forward-focused. And it was an excellent and timely message for us, living in this current situation, to have a a forward-focused faith. Let's today consider a faith that perseveres. As we consider the life of Moses, we're going to pick back up in Hebrews 11. In just a moment. Now let's take a a, a minute just to remember the original audience of the book. It was written to early followers of Jesus Christ. uh, Primarily those who had a Jewish background. And they were living in a difficult time. There was persecution from the Roman Empire that was pressing in on them. And the author of Hebrews knew this. And he wanted to encourage them that they would not give up. And so you may remember a couple of weeks ago we looked at Hebrews 10. Verse 36, it says, For you need endurance, so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. You see, the original readers of this book, they were mocked. They were persecuted, specifically for their faith in Christ. And some were getting discouraged. They were tempted to give up. The threats and the persecution from the Roman Empire were real. And yet the author of Hebrews encourages them. Do you see that? To endure, to not give up. They need to persevere. And one example given to us in Hebrews chapter 11 is Moses. Moses is one who persevered. And so we look at him today. We're going to pick back up in verse 23. And we're going to be just as those who first read this letter years ago. We're going to look to Moses. And we're going to see what can we learn from his life? What can we learn from his faith? from the example that is left uh, for us in God's Word. So I invite your attention again. Hebrews 11, let's pick back up in verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months 
Because they saw that their child was beautiful. And they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And chose to suffer with the people of God. Rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. Verse 27, by faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea. And though they were on dry land, when the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. Let's stop there and consider this this brief summary of the life of Moses. And I want to focus on verse 27. In fact, the word that I want to focus on is the word perseverance. It says there, Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. He persevered. The word here for persevere, or maybe uh, the version you're reading, uses the word endure. This is a compound word in the original language. And an an accurate translation would would really be something more like hyperstand, with hyper being uh, the the prefix to the word. Now, hyperstand obviously isn't a real word. We we sometimes use the word hyper to speak of, of hyperactivity. Or someone who is hypercritical or hypersensitive. But here, a literal translation would be to hyperstay or to hyperstand. Now, maybe instead of using the word hyperstand, we might be more comfortable saying uh, standing firm. That obviously is something that makes uh, more sense in our vernacular. But uh, unless you want to try to use the word hyperstand. We'll see. Maybe it's something that's catchy and we'll we'll take off. But in the meantime, let's think here about persevering and enduring. Uh, to, To stand firm would be like standing in a river as the flow of the river comes against you and your feet stay firmly planted. Even as it comes against you, that flow comes against you and seeks to to push you down. This idea of persevering or enduring is saying we will stand firm. We will not get knocked off our feet. This is the perseverance that we'll be looking at today in the life of Moses. Look for a moment about at the, the first discussion question. It says, what is currently in the foreground of your life? You see, many of us are are feeling the effects of the pandemic, uh, but there are also other situations that that may be happening as well. So so let's stop and, and there together, think about the foreground of your life. Think about the circumstances that threaten to knock you off your feet. Share those with uh, share these ideas with those who are with you now and uh, we'll pick back up in one minute.
Let me ask you, is there a word here for us? What do you think, church? Is this a time for us to persevere? A time to not give up, but instead to stand firm? A time to see who it is that is invisible and to see him with eyes of faith. What can you see right now in the background of your life through the eyes of faith? That is what the author is wanting to provide here for the readers of the book. An example to persevere. So with that in mind, what can we learn from Moses about perseverance? I want to give you some some, uh, items right here out of this passage that show how he persevered through crisis. And so that's our first point this morning. Perseverance in crisis. And we see the first one is a crisis right at the point of his birth. Verse 23. It's speaking of of Moses being born to Jewish parents. And and at that time, the Jewish people were living in bondage in Egypt. They were living uh, basically as slaves to the Pharaoh and to uh, the nation of Egypt. And so the the Pharaoh was concerned that that the population of the Hebrew people was growing exponentially. And he thought that they may at some point overpower him and the nation of Egypt. And so he came up with an evil plan. And that was to mandate that all Hebrew male babies would be killed as a way to slow their population growth. Well, Moses was born in the time of this edict. If you look at verse 23, that's the edict that's being referenced. And this is an edict that would have taken his life. But what does it say? It says the parents of Moses. It speaks of their faith. That they wanted to protect him. And so you can go back and, and read the plan. But they, they, they hid him along the Nile River. river knowing that the, the daughter of the Pharaoh would come there. And that she would find baby Moses. And likely take him in. And that's exactly what happened. One commentator, Kent Hughes, said it this way. Israel's deliverance began with an obscure couple believing God in the midst of darkness. And that was the time that Moses was born. Born in a time of crisis. Secondly, we see his identity. If you look at verses 24 through 26, we see that, that even though he was raised as the daughter uh, of an, uh, excuse me, even though he was raised as the son of an Egyptian princess, uh, this was, uh, this was uh, during Egypt's 19th dynasty. It would have meant unbelievable wealth and prestige. Yet according to these verses, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He walked away from from riches and power. uh, And instead, he identified with his own people. The people that were in bondage, that were being persecuted. So this too would have been a point of crisis. To to refuse the official title from Pharaoh would have have been an insult to one of the, the most influential and powerful people alive. He would have been insulting him by turning down this title. So indeed, that would have also been a point of crisis, thinking about his identity. Next, we see his call. Verses 27 through 29 uh, speak to his call. And, and Moses uh, obviously received a call from God. You, know, you could go back into the book of Exodus and you could remember the encounter that he had with the Lord through a burning bush. God calling Moses to, uh, to go back and approach the Pharaoh with a message to let the Hebrew people go, to set them free from the bondage of slavery. 
Can, can you imagine the crisis moment here for, for Moses as he goes back to this Pharaoh, uh, the, the place, the court in which he was raised, to go back and approach this powerful ruler and say, God said to let my people go. This is the first part of the call of Moses. The second part is that, that he was then called by God to lead the people, to lead them out of captivity, to lead them into uh, the wilderness towards the promised land. And so this was the other aspect of his call. And this too would have been a, a crisis moment for him as, as he began uh, leading them. We think of the plagues that, that happened in Egypt. We think about him being called to go across the Red Sea with the army, the Egyptian army behind him and leading people in uh, across the Red Sea as it parted and into the wilderness. Again, a crisis. How would they be fed? How would they have provisions and supplies? Each step was a step of crisis. But it was also a point in which God was able to demonstrate His faithfulness. Each of these episodes were the foreground, if you will. But in the background, we see the providence of God. We see the character of God. And so your next discussion question is this. Think of a specific time in the life of Moses that was difficult and answer this, what did Moses learn about God? Take a, few minute, uh, take a minute there uh, in, in your uh, home and discuss one of these specific times, particularly what Moses would learn. Okay, so to summarize, our first point is to persevere in crisis. We see this perseverance in the life of Moses. But what was the secret? How did he persevere? Well, there are three verbs in this passage that tell us how. It tells us how he persevered, how he endured, how he stood firm in these times of crisis. I want us to look at them, and we can call them, the outline references them as keys to perseverance. And we'll quickly look at three of them. I know when we hear the word perseverance, sometimes we, we think this is just a matter of, of gritting our teeth and, and closing our eyes and just trying to, to hang on till, till it's all over. But, but that's, that's not what we see in the life of Moses. There was an active quality that was demonstrated. As he persevered, there was an activity that uh, was propelled by his faith that I think is an example for us, even in the crisis that we are going through Today. Let's look again at this passage and we'll begin in verse 25. We see that Moses suffered. This is the first key to persevering. It says, and, and Moses chose to suffer 
with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. So this word suffered is important. Now, I suppose we could have uh, used the verb obeyed because he was obeying, but he was understanding that that obedience was coming at a cost and that he would suffer as he, uh, as he obeyed. He didn't go forth just looking for suffering. He went forth looking for obedience, but he knew that that obedience would bring about suffering, and so he obeyed anyway. This was something, if you think about it, that the initial readers of Hebrews would have been able to relate to as they were being persecuted there by the Roman Empire. They understood suffering, and so for them to be reminded that Moses too suffered, that his obedience led to suffering. And even for us today, when we identify with Christ, we know that, that we too can suffer. Following Him doesn't mean that, that it's going to be an easy life, a life without pain or a life without, without heartache or persecution. In fact, our Lord Himself said in John chapter 15, verse 20, He said, Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And we're going to take more time, Lord willing, next Sunday to think through the implications of of persecution. But I I simply want us to see here that the path of obedience is not the easiest path. It's not for Moses at all. Just think it would have been much easier for Moses just to to close his mouth, just to stay there in the the company of of the palace and of the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh's daughter. That would have been his easier path. But he didn't ignore the cries of his people. And he did not ignore the call of God on his life. And Moses chose obedience, even though it meant suffering. Well, here's the second verb that gives us a key to his perseverance. Moses considered. Look at verse 26. It says, for he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. Notice that word considered. Some, some versions use the word regarded. Moses regarded. Moses considered. It's, it's a word that means he assessed. He was, he was calculating something. He was considering the trade-off. To be, to be faithful to God would mean that he would suffer reproach from the Pharaoh. What would it be, Moses? Would it be the, the temporal wealth of Egypt? Or would it be the eternal rewards of God? You see, Moses had a choice. And it says here that that he considered, he assessed the difference, and he made his decision. His decision was to follow God. It reminds me of what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3. He said in verse 7, But everything that was a gain to me, thinking about his previous life, he said, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung so that I may gain Christ. You see, Paul had to make uh, this decision himself. So Moses considered, Paul considered. Can I ask you, brother, sister, what do you consider? What do you consider of value? Are you choosing Christ above all else? Is that becoming the background 
to your life story? Is that becoming the, the complete picture for you to say that Christ is of the greatest value? You see, when that happens, it brings clarity to the circumstances of life. It brings clarity to the foreground. The late theology professor Thomas Oden, he said it this way. He said, suppose my center of value is my health or my politics or my attractiveness or financial productivity. If my center of value is any of these things, when these things are under threat, and they always are if I think about it, I am shaken to the depths. Therefore, I try not to think in order to keep my peace. You see his words? They're really words of warning. What is it that we place our value in as we make the assessment, as we consider what it is that's of value in our world today? We're faced with a choice, just like Moses. We have the choice between the temporal and the eternal. Like Moses, we, we can seek the praise of people or we can seek the favor of God. The infinite or the finite. You see, Moses considered and said that it's God's favor, God's blessing. It's, it's more important than favor from a human, even, in his case, a Pharaoh. Well, there is a third verb here that gives us a key to perseverance. And we see it in verse 27. Moses saw. Moses saw. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses per persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. Moses saw God. God is described here as him who is invisible. So again, remember the idea of the foreground and the background. The crisis in front of Moses was the foreground, but in the background, Moses was able to see something else. He was able to see the invisible. He was able to see God. And that made all the difference in every single crisis that he went through. Moses is standing in front of the Red Sea. What does Moses see? He sees that God keeps his promises. That God is powerful. That God will protect them even as an army pursues them. When they go into the desert, what is it that Moses sees regarding God? That God's presence is with them day and night. That God will provide for their every need. Do you see how the character of God relates to the here and now of a given situation? Let me ask you this. How does God's character relate to your situation today. When I was about five years old, our uh, family lived in an apartment complex as we were building a house in uh, Houston, Texas, and it was a big adjustment uh, for us as, we, as uh, we, we made that move. But one thing that, uh, that I really appreciated was the apartment complex had a swimming pool. And I thought that was just tremendous at uh, five years uh, of age. And so I'd go down there with my parents at times and, and swim. And I remember one particular occasion as I went to the pool, um, my dad took me down there and I, I just jumped right in. But uh, this was an oval pool and one side was the shallow end and one side was the deep end. 
they pretty much looked the same, and I thought I knew where I was, uh, but unfortunately, I went right into the deep end. And the way my dad recounts the story, he said he looks into the water, and all he can see is, is my eyes looking back up at him from the bottom. And uh, without taking off his shoes or his watch or anything, he, he jumped right in, and, and, he, and he pulled me out of the deep end and put me back on the side of the pool, much to my surprise that I was on the, the deep end in the, uh, in the first place. Well, that, that, that was the foreground. The foreground was that I, that I went to the pool and I got in on the wrong side. But what was the background? The background is that my dad was there. And thankfully, my, my dad cared enough, right, to, to be able to, 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 to take me out of the, the pool. Uh, secondly, my dad uh, was, 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 uh, uh, was strong enough as one who could swim to be able to go in and, 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 and uh, pick me up. He was tall enough to be able to, to do all of this. And so I, I think back at that encounter and, 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 and use it as a way to see the foreground and the background. You see the difference? The situation quickly changed at that moment because of the concern of my dad and his ability to bring change to my situation. I'll just stop for a minute and say, thank you, Dad. I don't know that I thanked you at the age of five, but as I look back, I'm still thankful, uh, even though I know that you lost your watch out of that deal, and, uh, and I know you soaked your shoes and other things. But what do we see in a situation like that? It's an example of provision. So I ask you again, what did Moses see in God? What did he believe about God that made a difference in his life? Yes, even in crisis. God demonstrated faithfulness, love. He demonstrated the power to protect and to provide. So what do we see in God? What do we see through eyes of faith? We see the foreground of the situation in front of us. That's, that's right here. It's the here and now. and We see it clearly. But what about the full picture are we seeing that includes the presence of God? You see, Moses was told in Exodus chapter 3, I will certainly be with you. Boy, wouldn't that make the difference for Moses in his lifetime? Well, you know, it's interesting that similar words are given in Hebrews, not chapter 11, but chapter 13. Look at verse 5. I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? You see that? I will never leave you. This means that God is present with us at all times. On the good days, He is there. On the hard days, He is there. Let me ask it this way. Do you think God is present in the, in the marriage ceremony? Absolutely. Do you think God is present in the funeral service? Again, we would say absolutely. He is there uh, at, at, at each occasion. He is the, the God of, of Good Friday, but He's also the God of Resurrection Sunday. He is God when the stock market is up, and He's still God when the stock market is down. When we are, are laughing, He is God. When we are weeping, He is God. He is God when we are on the mountaintop, and He is God when we are walking through the dark valley. We are not alone. He says, I will never leave you. Well, as we conclude today, we've seen the faith that perseveres in the life of Moses. We've seen examples of crisis in his life. But we've also seen keys of perseverance. 
keys that I believe are, are, are given to us right here, right now, as we walk through these uncertain times. We need that kind of faith. The faith to see the circumstances around us. And, and we do want to pay attention to what's happening. There are people around us right now that have needs. There are people that need encouragement. They need comfort. They may need some, some physical assistance in some way. And so we want to pay attention to that just as the Lord does and offer support and help. But we also need to be reminded of the spiritual realities that are around us that teach us about God's character and strength. We need these reminders to know that God is going to carry us through this crisis. Well, after the message, you will notice on your handout that there are some discussion questions. And maybe uh, some of these questions you have already had time to discuss in the midst of the message. Uh, but if not, take some time afterwards there as a family or maybe with your small group and talk through uh, some of these questions. You'll also see that there's a special activity for children uh, for them to, uh, to draw a scene from the life of Moses. Maybe they could think back at that time in which he was a baby or where he received the, the call uh, at the burning bush. Or maybe the plagues and the, the time of the Passover or the Red Sea encounter or the desert or Mount Sinai. There's all these vivid pictures uh, in God's word of the life of Moses. And I'd love for the, the boys and girls of our church to sit down and, and draw out, illustrate one of those scenes. And when you're done, write one word of what God was doing. One word of what God was providing for Moses in that time. And let's allow those pictures to give us comfort and assurance that God is present in our situation too today. Well, let's uh, take time to pray together. And then afterwards you can have uh, time for discussion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Hebrews chapter 11. We thank you for giving us your word to guide us, to teach us, to also encourage us. Father, help us to see today what it means to have a faith that perseveres. Help us, Lord, to look to you in a time of suffering. Yes, today and in the day that we're living, but Lord, remind us each time we go through a crisis, a difficult season, that the Lord, you are there, you are surrounding us, that you are faithful. Father, help us not to be in despair. But instead, through faith, may we trust in you. And Father, we do want to take a moment today as a church family. And we want to pray for those who are suffering. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are uh, dealing with grief and the loss of a loved one. We pray for, for health care workers who are on the front lines. Uh, giving uh, treatment and giving assistance. Lord, may you undergird and protect them and bless them. Father, we pray for, for our own community, the needs that are present here. And we pray, Lord, for the online community, all who have, who have joined with us today to consider your word. Father, would you bless each one? Would you draw near to each one as they have sought today to draw near to you? Father, we thank you for being a faithful God who never leaves us or forsakes us. We pray this now in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.